Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. Hi. Hi, Pastor Don, Tommy. Great to have you guys with us today. Welcome to Good News at Noon Deeper. And for the people listening to the podcast, Good News from Good Sam. Great to have you joining us as well. Hey, Tommy, you were telling me... Mm -hmm. Something happened 54 four years ago today. Yeah, it was the very first... You were born? <laughs> yes. I think it was you, Pastor. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you look great for uh, 54, Thank you for Tommy. tuning in today. That'll be all. <laughs> um, the very first ever 911 call was made and received. 54 Only 54 years, years ago. ago. I feel like you would have thought it would have been a lot longer. Oh, that's very interesting. I wonder what they did before then. I mean, there just weren't emergencies in life. You jumped into a car and drove to the hospital. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Nobody came to you. Yeah, you you, you went to where the help was. Yeah. But she was sharing that. I was thinking about it because once, in a couple seconds here, when we dig into the service, because it was talking about a new future. And when when she was sharing, I said, bring that up because who would have ever thought, I mean, 54 years ago, what you could do? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, so it was in 67 that they came up with that. I know because I'm 54, and that's when I was born. Well, there you that's go. That's very so, good. I just yeah. thought you were a math major. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> you you turned 54 this year? I turned 55 this year. So oh. it was 68, Oh, okay. right? Sure. Yes. Yes. Wow, how about them apples? Mm-hmm. That's why we need help around the office. Think <laughs> about, <laughs> since we're, let's absolutely spend no time at all talking about the sermon <laughs> and the scriptures. We'll, we'll get there. But let's just think about what has been new since 1968? Or Imagine before. how much the world has changed since 1968. I remember telling my kids that when I went to college, they didn't even have computers. They had them, but it was in a computer room, and you had to learn to program them. My kids couldn't even fathom <laughs> going I, to college without I, a computer. I re- and I'm older than you by Yes, by a lot. Years, yes. <laughs> but I remember my, in, in college, we went to the science lab. We picked up a phone. We put it into a cradle. And it, it was it printed out this long, you know, paper just come, coming off the roll, and that was the project. Wow! I mean, it, it was. Was computer. that before or after you took your buggy home? <laughs> <laughs> right after. Wow! Uh, but I mean, I I tell Parker if you would have told me when I was his age that someday you'd carry one of these no. and you could talk. Catherine might be tuning in from Germany, and we could talk to somebody in Germany on this. See, yeah. you know, yeah. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I called my son in Guam uh, a couple nights ago, and we had a, a little shaky, but a pretty good conversation. It was instantaneous. Yeah, I was instantaneously yeah. able to talk to my son halfway around the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really, and my guess is, and things I read is, 50 years from now, people will look back and go, can you believe? Well, that was my ago? next thing. What is, think about what's going to be next. What in 50 years um, will we be doing that we can't fathom that we're doing now? Maybe we won't even have phones. Maybe we'll just have little chips in our, our hands or heads. Our heads or something <laughs> like that. 
Well, I mean, you know, maybe it's all Bluetooth. And some things I read would say that we won't have phones sooner than later. That mm-hmm. it would be like augmented reality glasses, and yeah. you'll just you know. maybe they'll go. Remember when they used to have to put gasoline in cars? <laughs> Remember when they used to pollute the air with coal burning and gasoline? plants i mean seriously and they'll be like yeah "Yeah, remember when we had to burn fossil fuels for for energy and stuff like that and uh who knows who Who knows knows? remember we used to they used to have to drive cars with their hands (laughs) and and their feet on gas pedals well aren't we gonna be able to teleport in 50 years we won't be driving cars at all just you know beat me up (laughs) my my son doesn't want to drive and i said parker the the because he has some autism and he recognizes that his attention and ADHD and I see yeah, but Pastor Don drives. But, any, but, but, but what you say something? <laughs> but that I said, Parker, you may not need to know how to drive. You know, in five years Seriously. from now, uh, you might need to know how to pay for the car, but <laughs> not how to drive. Mm-hmm. All of this is related to the okay. sermon, right? About a new future. About a new future. What do you need the, to make room for, which I thought was great, yeah, yeah. in order for something new to come in? Because exactly. that's kind of what we're talking about. Exactly. For, in order for like there to be new ways of making energy, some of the old ways of making energy kind of have to yeah. be moved aside. And what happens to the workers that are in that old energy yeah. field, so to yeah. speak? And yeah. where do they go? And how are they taken care of? I mean, it's kind of pervasive throughout society. Yeah, it is. It was really a good point. Well, I remember when I was pretty young when you came to Good Samaritan, but I remember my dad was really upset that you were make, making this these changes to the music. Uh-oh. And I think that's a good example of like, you know, making room for the new and how sometimes we can be really resistant to some of the change that is actually really, um, could be really beneficial or, you know, really move us forward. And I mentioned that in my sermon because I think sometimes the room that or what needs to be pushed aside is comfortable is, is what's comfortable yes. and it might even just be mental yep you know to say hey uh, I need to change how I think about this in order to make room for something new and w- w- you know we're jumping in a little bit but we've, we've been talking about the Lakes Lutheran for example mm-hmm. and the potential mm-hmm. merger there and I mentioned it in the sermon and it isn't like I think there's anything at Good Sam that we have to move out in order to make this happen, but rather it's the thinking about it. Because mm-hmm. Pastor Don and I, you know, a few months ago, were saying, it's be kind of nice to take a deep breath and just enjoy the new worship center and everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, God had some other plans, we believe, uh, in, in store for us. And so our thinking had to change. Absolutely. About, about yeah, that. it was interesting. When I first came to Good Samaritan, it was a long time ago. It was 20, 18 years ago. Uh, all they played was the organ and the piano, and they had a, we had a pretty good musician um, at the time. He'd been there a long time, but when we brought drums in for the first time, oh, man, <laughs> drums, drums! I believe the term used was "those are the instruments of the devil," and I am not exaggerating. <laughs> I think it was something along the lines of either they go or I go. I think it's kind of that Tommy's dad. The no, my dad did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> it was not Tommy's dad. It was dad. not my dad. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's 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 hard. Uh, new things are hard for people. Yep. That's why yep. that scripture about the wineskins. Yep. You know, uh, I didn't you, even use it in my sermon, but you're right. absolutely right. Yep. Um, that, that you can't put new wine in old wineskins because it'll burst them. But uh, the scripture you had was yep. really good. Say a little bit more about that yeah, scripture. Yeah, um, it was. I had never used that in a sermon before. That's and, great. Mm-hmm. And. Frankly, I mean, I 
as I get ready for a message, one of the things I do, I'll go online, especially to YouTube, type in the topic and see what are some other pastors speaking about as well. And it was another pastor, Stephen Furtick. Uh, I think he's in South Carolina. Mm, I've heard of him, quite, actually. Quite popular. And, and, and he said that one of his mentors would come along every once in a while, uh, doesn't live where he lives, but they'd get together and he'd always bring Bible verses for him. And so he brought this Bible verse and, 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 and Stephen read it and he said, so what's that mean? And the guy says, I have no idea, but he said, I think God has it for you. <laughs> and so let me read from the Old Testament. It's, it's in Leviticus 26 and, and the, the, the context for it is that God is talking to Moses on Mount Sinai mm-hmm. and talking obviously about uh, the children of Israel, Moses leading them, and among the things he says in Leviticus 26 and other chapters around there is, I will look favorably upon you, making you fertile and multiplying your people, and I will fulfill my covenant with you. You will have such a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. And I will live among you, and I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I'll be your God, and you will be my people. So what God was saying in this one verse was you're, you've got a, you have something to eat, you have crops, and yet there's going to be a new surplus of crops coming, and you're going to have to move aside the crops you've got in order to make room for mm-hmm. the new. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me about Good Samaritan because we've been blessed in so many ways in the last few years especially. Yeah. And so it isn't like we don't have crops or blessings mm-hmm. but i think with the lakes god's saying move the thinking a little bit because i've got some more for you too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being the lakes that is if the congregation agrees but, the congregation uh, agrees mm-hmm. yeah but but then then the, the the words that i tried to give to the congregation as last week and to you listening to the podcast and online now is so what is it in our lives what is it in your life that maybe you need to move in order to make room for the new i was just gonna say when you asked that on sunday i started thinking about basically the whole sermon series and how you could kind of apply yep. that to each topic yep. you know the yep. new relationships yep. in order to bring in some of these new relationships you are going to your new relationship with christ and with other people you need to make room for that yep. and the same with you know new purpose yep. and these opportunities yep. it's it's how are we making room for these things because it's not a matter of like adding 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 right. it's it's really about finding you know the right balance and and, and doing those things that are really going to be more fulfilling and kind of what that looks like in your relationship and, and walk with with Christ. Right? Yeah, and I, and I think it's always a struggle. I mean, because, I mean, we live in a society where we have so many options and so many possibilities, and, and it does take prioritizing mm-hmm. and what's really important. It's why I shared in my message that I had to give up because I was listening to my own sermon, I had to delete an app that I was spending Spend far too much, too much time, time on. The game. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and it might seem trivial, but the reality was I was, you know, and I'm not saying you have to go delete mm-hmm. all your apps or anything like that, because there's still some I like that are kind of brain teasers and mm-hmm. mind exercisers, but it's like, how many do I need? Well, I think most people's lives are pretty full. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we have a ton of spare time. Not necessarily all full of. The things that are best for us, right? Uh, full of a lot of distractions, full of a lot of mindlessness uh, and activities, and it's, it's kind of what Lent is about. You know, we're coming up on Lent in a couple of weeks, and for those of you that don't know what Lent is, Lent is like a, a six-week time 
and and more of the mainline churches, traditional churches, where you kind of you get ready. Uh, you're supposed to be a special time of preparation. You get ready for Easter, and often they will take that as a time to give up something. And I've always thought of it as a time to take on something, but. I think it's a both and because you can't just take on something unless you give up something. Mm-hmm. Like you say, I'm going to pray more. Well, then what are you going to do less of? Are you going to you going to do a little less sleep? Are you going to do a little less TV? A little less playing on your computer or playing your game because you're not going to be able to do something more if you don't do something yeah. less. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's just such a great point. This idea if. If you want to embrace this new future, embrace some of the new things that God has for you, maybe some things you've learned in the sermon series or just learned through your involvement in faith exercises, you have to make room. That's just a, make room for the new. It's such a great life, life lesson, life point for us. Um, Lynn had a couple comments. She said, first of all, the mantra mm. for her grandkids is to do what is right, not what is easy. Mm. And I think that's a good point. And she also said that the teacher side of her um, teaches others to do and help. And we had quite a few comments, too, of people referencing some of the things back in, back in the day. You know, like, the uh, ice, like what? What they say? I think Connie said something about an ice cold room for the computers that had, like, <laughs> yeah. so they didn't overheat and, um, I didn't catch the other one that was on there, but okay. it might have just been an exchange between others. But. You know, it is interesting. Uh, we actually had that problem this weekend um, <laughs> where the heat was on for some reason. We're not exactly sure why, and it overheated all of our computer equipment. It dropped. We so we ended up dropping our uh, everything. All of our all of our equipment went down. So we had to go and kind of reprogram the all the air conditioning units. So Connie. They still need to be at least in cool rooms, not refrigerated rooms, but the rooms at least need to be cool still. Today. A total aside, I was reading an article, my home state of North Dakota is cold, and they yes, are actually building some Bitcoin mining facilities up there because it takes a lot of computer work and a lot of uh, the computers need to be cooled, so why not build it in North Dakota? Mm, that makes sense. Where you don't have to run AC all the time. Exactly, and then they get the energy from the natural gas fields where the oil looks exploration is happening. Which is completely different because yep. Switch has some huge, Switch yep. is a, once a big computing place here. Uh, like and then yeah. they, you know, they have, yeah, for the cloud and they have big centers here and I'm thinking those air, it co- must exactly. cost them so much money to run those air conditioners yeah. in the summer. Uh, they should move it to North Dakota. Man. <laughs> I was going to say, um, over winter break, my kids had COVID and we were just kind of hunkered down in the house. It was like two and a half weeks of just being there. And I spent a lot of time on social media and I kind of didn't feel good about it. And I ended up deleting the apps off my phone. I didn't delete my accounts or anything. And I should be like, and it gave me more time to do devotions and read God's word, but I didn't use that time for that. (laughs) But I did use it for for? more connection with my kids. And I think that, you know, it's interesting because now you five or six weeks into the new year, I don't feel as inclined to do that over other things that are, mm. you know, more connections based. Cause I think sometimes we use these outlets to kind of disconnect. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if we do it too much, it takes away from opportunities of connection, not just with your kids, but yes, with the word and, yep. and prayer and, and yep. those sort of things. So I think it's really important to make room. Those, and yeah. and you have a really good question here, Pastor Scott, and I just want to yep. share with everyone because I thought it was a great question. It's like, what do you need to clear out in your life in order to make room for the new? And so I guess maybe you'd need to ask yourself, what is it in your life that you need some something to be new? Yeah. Is there is there do you need to renew a relationship? Do you need to renew 
a relationship with God? Do you need to spend some time renewing what your purpose is Mm -hmm. or where your direction, finding that new direction? Because in order to renew or rediscover those types of things, you are going to have to clear Mm -hmm. some other things out. Mm -hmm. Um, When I went on a sabbatical, I really had to be intentional because I was so busy doing work here at Good Samaritan. So for that month and a half... um, I really just had to take aside time and I was able to come up with like a personal mission statement um, and a work statement, things that I wanted to do differently when I came back. But the only reason I was able to do those because I was able to read some books that I didn't have time for and was able to have some creative time by clearing out some of, you know, some of the work stuff because I was on sabbatical. So to do some of these things we've been talking about over the last five weeks, it really is important yep. Um, that you have to clear some of the things out that are less helpful in your life. You know, you, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <clears throat> I was going to say, do you think that sometimes our instinct is to not clear those out and try to like fit mm. them in together? You know, like, I mean, <laughs> Great question. yeah, I have this couch and I love it. And I also want this new couch. Let's see how they both fit in this living room. That wasn't and an it, option for us. Right. But I feel like just as the analogy, but yeah. then you have over time, you're like, this is not working. And right. one of these right. has to go. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of, I feel like. We tend to do that first yeah. instead of making the room initially. Oh, I can do th- I can do both. Yeah. I can cram it all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for anybody who's ever tried to cram it all in, you realize you might be able to do it for a short period of time, but then eventually, mm-hmm. the, you, probably the new stuff goes away yeah. because you're not in the habit of the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the so, old is comfortable. And the old is comfortable and familiar and, and easier usually. Yeah, you know, one of the things... Going back to when you kicked off the sermon series, it was talking about, you know, you need direction in your life and who you're going to follow. And, and, I, and, and I think we live in a time, and I'll be careful how I say it, but I think a lot of people find it easier to follow humans than Jesus. <laughs> so much. Uh, and that's politicians on both sides of the aisle. It's, uh, maybe it's business leaders. Maybe it's, you know, some guru on a podcast or Facebook or something. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not that we can't have value added by some other people, but who's the primary source of direction in our life? Mm-hmm. And, and then I think if we answer that honestly and, 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 and see Christ as that, then one of the things I think some of us have to clear out too are, are sins. Mm-hmm. And Lent's a good time to do that introspection mm-hmm. to say, okay, what, what am I doing that I know is wrong in my life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how do I let God's Holy Spirit help me deal with that? Knowing one that there is forgiveness, that there are second chances, but 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 moving forward uh, by making tough decisions and calls with God's help to make room for the new. Remember, we did that sermon series uh, for the the Japanese gal that re- helps reorganize oh, your life. Oh, the Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. If you remember. That was one of her big things is that in order to reorganize your life, you have to clean out some of the old things. And I I just go back to that question. What do you need to clean out in your life in order to make room for something new? Because remember, the enemy of the worst is, um, I'm sorry, the enemy of the best is not the worst. Most of us know to avoid the worst things, the really bad things. The enemy of the best is the good. We fill our lives with good things. Uh, and leave little room for the best mm. things. Social media is not bad. Yeah. Right. You're staying in connection. Is it as is it as good as being in connection with your kids or with the people that are close right. to you? Of course it's not. But if you spend all your time on social media, 
you're spending all your time on the good and you don't have as much room for the best. So this I thing is to identify those things in your life, right? And hopefully this sermon series has, has made you think about some of that, those things in your life that you really feel are are the best things for you. Like I would argue one of the best things in your life is a relationship with Christ, uh, mm-hmm. a nurturing relationship. You can have a very shallow relationship with Christ that doesn't really make a difference in your life, um, doesn't help you in difficult times, uh, only makes you feel guilty because you don't go to church more often, you don't pray enough. You know, one of those kinds of relationships. But if you want a meaningful, life-fulfilling relationship, that takes some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you wasting your time on that isn't bringing life into your life, right? That you might need to do a little bit less of in order to do some of these things that are more fulfilling, more soul-nurturing. Um, and I think that's just a great question for all of us. And, and probably one we always have to come back to mm-hmm. as well, you know, mm-hmm. just in that kind of evaluation of what's going on. The, the thing that I found, you know, thinking about the sermon series, but also last week's message too, is how many references in Scripture in the Old Testament as well as the New about God saying, I'm doing a new thing. God's in the business. The one who doesn't change is in the business of making things new, though. And I yeah. think that includes our life now, because mm-hmm. I, 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 I said that we have a new future where we are. In other words, you know, in this life. But then we also have a new future where we're going. And that's in the life to come. But Jesus, Jesus at the end of the New Testament Revelation, John says, you know, the one sitting on the throne says, behold, I'm making all things new. So even as, even as we move to our eternal future with God through Christ, he's in the business of making things new. Mm-hmm. There's always something new with God. Mm-hmm. And God's really the only permanent thing. Yeah. Which kind of leads to where we're going with the next sermon series, but we'll deal with that next week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just read this devotion by Nadia Bols Weber. Um, I like her. She's a... a She's a pastor who was actually married to a friend of ours from camp. And she's all tatted up. She's tatted up along her arms. And she's kind of one of these inner city, rough around the edges kind of pastors. Kind of like me. Like, <laughs> exactly like you. She uses salty language in her devotions. There's usually a, several four-letter words in there. Um, and she just says it like you might want to you'd say it on the street. So she obviously has a very niche audience that really are attract her. But she's talking about when Jesus is going through the temple and the disciples are white look at these huge stones and look at these amazing buildings. And he's like, eh, I tell you, not one of these stones are going to remain standing. And I always thought to myself, it's just, what is he just trying to do, burst their bubble? They're looking at this temple, this place of worship, and they're saying, wow, look at how beautiful this is. And Jesus is like, eh. And he's right, because in 70 years, the Romans came in because the Jews rebelled and they literally tore it to the ground. Um, So there was that, but... I think the point is he's saying, yeah, this this isn't permanent. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. The only thing that's going to last is God. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to put your trust and your hope in? Yeah. Are you going to put it in politicians? Because they're not going to last. Nope. You're going to put it in capitalism? It's not going to last. Even people put it in their kids, right? Their families. Those things don't last even. And so he's just having this kind of this harsh lesson for them. This beautiful thing. Yes, a place of worship is great, but this is, you don't worship mm-hmm. the place of That's worship. Right. You worship right. the God. Well, we said that about the new sanctuary. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a beautiful new sanctuary. We had a visitor on Saturday night who 
you know, was complimentary on how great it was and, and, and all of that, but, you know, it isn't going to last nope. either. And, and it's simply a vehicle to help people see how God wants to do new things in their life. Right. And, um, and I think that's so important. We, I ended by talking about, you know, the promise of heaven because mm-hmm. obviously that's the new future and the eternal future that is God's promise for people um, because of Jesus Christ and what Jesus did on the cross and his death, he conquered death. And so we cling to the promise of, of going to the new future. And, and again, I mentioned Jesus said um, Revel- in Revelation 21, I'm making all things new. And I need that promise, and I think, you know, knowing some of the people are watching, I know you need that promise, too. I think all people need that promise, because I don't believe that when I die, it's over. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really just beginning. I mean, our time here is so short compared to eternity. And so I think it's okay, because we don't spend a lot of time talking about heaven and stuff. A lot of churches do more of that, and it's not that they're wrong and we're right or vice versa. But we can't forget the promise that we do have an eternal future that's going to last forever that God gives to his people as another one of his tremendous blessings. And um, sometimes I just need to make room and clear up my old way of thinking here and focusing on you know what could be better here and all of that, knowing that what's coming mm-hmm. is such a tremendous promise and such a source of hope, too. It is. Well, sometimes we need that reminder daily. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, my wife, you know, has said, you know, why, why do things have to be so hard? And I'll say, it's because this isn't heaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be point. tough here. But Can I read that text? Because yes, I love absolutely. this text. It's like one of my favorite texts in the Bible because I think it's a great reminder of what heaven is like. Um, and uh, this beautiful vision that John, the beloved disciple, receives. And this is at the end of his life. Remember, he hasn't, he has been away from his disciple friends longer than he knew them Um he is at the end of his life. Uh, he's kind of on this prison island, if you will. I don't know if a, I don't know how much of a prison an island in the Mediterranean <laughs> Greece could be, but I guess it was a prison island. Um, if you're going to go to prison, that'd be the place to go. But uh, and and Jesus gives this this old friend of his, this warrior for the faith of his, at the end of his life, this beautiful gift uh, of a vision. And he says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now God's presence is with people and he will live with them, right? This is this idea that this is heaven where we and Jesus are just completely and utterly connected to one another that close. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God. I love this. Check these these words out. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more sadness. There will be no more crying, no more pain. Imagine that. Those of you that are a little bit older and wake up with aches and pains every morning. No more of that. Nothing that's going to bring tears to your eyes. Because all the old ways are gone. The one who was sitting on the throne said, Oh my gosh, look at this verse. Look, I am making everything new. Then he writes, and then he said, Write this because these words are true and can be trusted. What a beautiful picture. And that's the eternal future, the new future that God has in store for you and for all all believers as well. And that's something just to cling to and and claim. 
Um, if it's hard, then pray that God would make room in your mind to get some of those old thoughts out so that you can cling to those promises for this new eternal future that God has for you as well. So that's, that concludes our sermon series. Next week we're going to begin a new series called Resilience. Resilience. Yeah. And um, we want you obviously to join us. We would invite you to join us for that next week here or in church this weekend, whether it's in person or on live. But thanks for tuning in today. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day. Amen.